I'm your host Stephen Gutteridge and welcome to Mid-South Moments. Greetings one and all and Happy New Year. Now unfortunately thanks to some technical difficulties um, I've been unable to get our guest host on today as planned so in order not to let the uh, fine fine listeners of Mid-South Moments down I'm going to try something today for the very first time. So this is going to be a solo watch along show so I've got my notes here um, and I'm going to hit play on what is advertised in the WWE Network as the January 6th 1985 episode of Mid-South wrestling but actually aired in most markets on Saturday January the 5th 1985 and I'm going to go through the show solo so we're taking this back to the original roots of Mid-South moments today so hopefully this is not a disaster and hopefully this is at least a you know at least a five out of ten and worth sort of 40 or so minutes in uh, in 2021 so here we go i'm gonna press play on the wwe network unfortunately the youtube version of this show is not available so i'm gonna hit play in three two one and here we go on the wwe network so we've got the mid-south usual um opening here and unfortunately obviously we've not got the original music um which is one of the main problems with watching this show um via the network rather than the youtube version so yeah we've got you know the rock and roll express are hitting a couple of drop kicks here we've got jim Cornette's face being shoved into some cake um all sorts of good stuff boy pierce banging on the table so yeah all good stuff terry taylor there hacksaw jim duggan hacksaw in front of an american flag so all your favorites on uh when we south moments, the Terry Taylor line there posing. I wonder whether this is ultimately going to lead to me losing my voice. I've got to keep up the chat for for forty odd minutes. But we welcome him back this week, a man that we've not seen for a while, and that's Mr. Bill Watts. So yeah, Boyd Pierce and Bill Watts are there, and he's making his return. And Boyd runs through who we have in action this week, including Iceman King Parsons, Jim Duggan, Private Jim Duggan and Private De- Terry Daniels versus Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams. We also have a television title match with Terry Taylor challenging the champion Buddy Landell, um, even though the network has this keyed wrong. And I think that's it. Says that. Um, that Terry Taylor's a champion. Um, also, an incredible moment that's coming up um, shortly if you're watching along. Boyd says, a man who's been laid back and basking in the sunshine of, in the exotic Hawaii is here. And Watt says, the weather was wonderful. He enjoyed the diving and the surfing, but there's no place like home. He says he's been involved in wrestling for 16 years and the gates are getting better and the cards stronger. So... This is the first show um, after the big sort of Christmas shows. So some news of some title changes wasn't exactly unexpected here. And Bill mentioned that the Rock and Roll Express regained the Mid-South Tag Team titles from DiBiossi and Hercules at the show in New Orleans. Watts then says that they're going to give them a tribute because everyone loves them. Um, so we then cut to a kind of mishmash of one of their earlier video packages, um, but with a few new clips um, thrown in. Um, clearly, I don't know whether Joel was, you know, Joel was celebrating hard after his 21st birthday here, um, but they actually included some of the some of the previously used used clips where the credits were still rolling, so you'd see like executive producer and various people's names. So they had cut that out so that's on the screen in front of me now we've got ricky and robert standing on their car looking as cool as can be um close up on uh, ricky morton's face which is great fantastic 80s haircuts from the from the pair of them here so i think robert just licked his lips a little bit there which is nice they're walking towards the camera with a green kind of green two-tone green t-shirt on with swirl swirl circles on standing by a jukebox looking pretty cool and then there's their corvette again what a car i mean 
I wonder whether one of them was the, the, the sort of driver and the other one was. I mean, was this like, a, you know, when you've shared a trophy when you've been back at school and maybe you keep it for six months and the other one keeps it for six months? Was that what these guys used to do with the uh, the Corvette? Who knows? Perhaps I'll have Ricky back on the show and I'll ask him that question at some point. So we're sh- showing some in-ring clips here. We've got the orange canvas and um, poor old Dennis Conjure and Bobby Eaton are getting beaten down here. Then we've got a little, little booty shake from Ricky at the top of the uh, scaffold there. And the guys are outside walking into, I think, a restaurant there. It's probably uh, it's lunchtime. These guys work out hard. Time to get some protein and, uh, and a good measurement of carbs to keep the abs in, uh, abs in place. Back with the car, standing outside a gate now, and they're walking through. So this is all good stuff. Most of this stuff, you know, we've seen before. Here's one of the clips with executive producer um, Bill Watts and director Oral Link on there, which obviously they didn't, they couldn't be bothered. Joel was like, no, my hangover's too bad. I'm not going to edit anything out of this uh, this episode. This is it. It's going where it is. We get we get some nice house show footage as well. Um, Ricky doing a little bit dance on the on the apron there, and back to the scaffold. And I'm going to take a moment's pause, have a little bit of a drink. So I'll let you enjoy watching at home the scaffold with uh, Eaton and Gibson um, hanging there. So I think I've, I managed about. Two and a half minutes or so, four minutes actually without taking a breath there. So that's probably fairly good. And off the Rock and Roll Express boys go in their Corvette. They're out of there. So we go back to Boyd. Boyd's looking particularly pleased with himself. And and Bill Watts goes on to explain that in 1985, they're going to bar Dr. Death Steve Williams bringing Mr. Helmet, and I quote, with him to the ring. They've already barred other weapons, and they've had so many letters about this, they've decided to bar the helmet as well. Fair enough. I mean... It is, you know, a, an American football helmet. I've never worn one coming from the from the UK, but that is a vicious weapon. So yeah, Mr. Mr. Steve Williams is banned from bringing Mr. Helmet down to ringside. Um, so when uh, I, Bill finally catches up with me, I think we're sending it down to ringside now. And, and Rick Oliver is in ring. Here, here we see a shot of Jim Ross in a lovely grey suit, blue tie. Um, we've got the more modern day Mid South Wrestling microphone there. So that's that's probably been, only been around, not been around too long. And Rick Rick Oliver is in ring with an excellent blonde mullet. He's there with um, a black robe. Um, I think it says the cripple on the back of it, actually. Black robe, um, long, the sleeves are white with little sparkling black bits. Lovely outfit from uh, from Mr. Rick Oliver there. Iceman King Parsons comes out next. Um, and unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier on, because this is the WWE Network version of this show, um, there's no We Are Family for uh, Iceman King Parsons, which is devastating frankly um it seems to me that actually in 85 um the youtube versions of these shows aren't as readily available which is which is something that is gonna you know trouble me somewhat because i think that the youtube versions are always much better of these shows um because obviously they've got the original music the original video package etc here so the referee's about to ring the bell for this Iceman King Parsons versus Rick Oliver clash here on the January 5th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, so Parsons obviously recently announced that um, he was going to be full-time in the Mid-South area moving forward. So obviously he'd been having his battles in world class as we get a, a, one of the Steadicam shots from um, the Irish McNeil Boys Club. And, and what's said on commentary that actually the weather was particularly bad in the area um, uh, when this taping took place. Um, and I think that may have been um, to sort of say that maybe why the crowd looked a little bit scarce. But there's still a, a good number of people in there as 
Parsons applies a side headlock and Rick Oliver slams him off into the into the ropes. Nice little jump over from Parsons before uh, Rick Oliver attempts a body slam, but um, Parsons pushes out of it with an attempted roll up for a near fall right at the start then. And another lovely body slam by Iceman King Parsons. A little bit of a dance and a hip toss. Brilliant stuff. In commentary, Watts mentioned that when he was in Hawaii, that while it was a vacation, he did go and see some wrestling uh, in a tribute show to Peter Maivia. Now, I thought that Watts had said on commentary, and this is where the sound was was not great, that um, that Peter Maivia had passed away that past year. But actually, I haven't looked it up. Um, Peter Maivia actually passed away in 1982. So, yeah, I don't know whether um, that was a slip of the tongue from Watts or I misheard. And I did go back to, to try and catch this a couple of times. But... Um, yeah, not sure uh, what you know whether that was whether that was a mistake from Watts or, or a miss here. I, I've repeated that, so that's probably not great entertainment on this uh, on this solo show. But back in ring, Iceman King Parsons has Rick Oliver in an arm lock here, um, and this is a particularly excellent view of Mister Oliver's. I, I presume it's bleach blonde um, rather than a natural blonde because it's very very white, but really uh, sort of Rick Rick Flair style. Um, Locks in him and looking at the color of his beard, which is sort of a a brownie ginger color, I would say. I, I can't imagine those those locks are natural. Um, I wonder what hair products he used. I wonder whether whether that would have been a self dye or whether that would have been something that he perhaps did at a salon. I remember once in. 1998, I believe, I decided it would be a good idea to dye my hair blonde um, and I went completely ginger. Now, obviously, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with a, a lovely redhead, but it didn't particularly suit me. And actually, later, I went for the full-on bleach blonde look at um, at Salon, which uh, some photos of that time still exist to this day and it is still one of many, many life regrets that I had. So back in ring, Iceman King Parsons is doing a little dance. He's looking great and, a, and an absolutely excellent drop kick and one of his feet really looked like it landed stiffly on um, on poor Rick Oliver's face there. So Parsons is going up to the second rope on the inside and hits a good looking clothesline to Rick Oliver and that is the one, two, three. So Iceman King Parsons, he's back in Mid-South Wrestling. He's victorious, looked really good here. Action was fine. I thought Rick, Rick Oliver was decent as well. Um, and up next, we have a very exciting match. We've got Chavo and Hector Guerrero versus Tim Horner and the future heartbreak kid, Sean. Michaels. So at the desk um, after we return, Boyd and Bill are there. And what are they talking about? They're talking about um, what basically what said that when they went to Mexico City to sign the Guerreros, they promised them a match for the Mid-South Tag Team titles um, with the Rock and Roll Express. But they hadn't been able to fulfill that so far because of the Rock and Roll Express's title loss to Ted DiBiase and Hercules. Now, however, as you know, and as I announced at the start of the show, the Rock and Roll Express have got those tag team titles back. So now the Alamo Busters want their shot. And we cut to a pre-tape with Hector and Chavo. They're standing there with sombreros on and Chavo holding the Mexican flag. Hector said he was demanding the title shot and Chavo added they went to Mexico to sign them and he's spoken to his lawyers. They've sent 12 letters, 12 letters. You know, the first six, maybe they didn't even open those. Six to 10, you know, Perhaps they opened them, glanced them, chucked them away. But I'm sure those final, a letter 11 and a letter of 12 was really the thing that got their point across. 
If they don't get their title shot on television, they are going to sue. Um, I thought Chavo is a little bit better than Hector here, but this was this was pretty good stuff on the, the Alamo buses. As my dear friend Peter Norris said a few weeks ago, these are wind-up merchants, and they play that role very, very well. Um, so what's added that they recognise their commitment and they will have that Mid-South will recognise their commitment to the Alamo buses and that in two weeks' time, Chavo and Hector Guerrero will be challenging Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson for the Mid-South Tag Team titles. So that is a match for us all to look forward to. So as I drink some Coors Light as I'm trying to watch my, watch my waist post-Christmas now, it's time to get back in control of my life and try and get my body out of the UFC light heavyweight division and back somewhere between welterweight and middleweight which is which is more comfortable where a higher percentage of my clothes actually fit me so in ring we've got the always impressive Tim Horner um, and it's a little bit sad to see him more on the kind of enhancement side of things with Shawn Michaels but um, I suspect actually these two would be would be a pretty formidable team if they were given some time in some longer matches here um, the Alamo buses were out to their um, their you know their full entrance but I think the audio on the um, network here was changed for their song um, and I, th I thought while I was watching this the first time I can only imagine what an excruciating job it must have been um, for the people that had to go through uh, all the copyrighted content on the network and change it all. Um, I noted uh, this week that um, Tony Khan purchased the song that was used for the Brodie Lee tribute in perpetuity so that um, if they ever have a streaming network or, or whatever, basically, that that will always you know live forever, which I thought was a you know really classy move from a really you know really classy promotion the way they handled everything um, last Wednesday night. So it, it takes me back and th to think of the Eddie Guerrero tribute that, that aired on Raw, which was to set set to um, Johnny Cash's Hurt, which which which, which was you know you know f like a phenomenal piece of work. I think Randy Savage was. Um, to a Coldplay song as well, but but clearly, obviously, if you went back and looked at those those versions on the network, um, they wouldn't be there. And that's not a that's not a slight on WWE, obviously, because these things are you know we're, we're excellently done. I'm sure that those um, those copyrights in perpetuity were particularly expensive. Um, in ring, um, there's a really good exchange of Chavo and Horner early on, um, while Watts went on a long tirade about what the Guerreros had said about the CIA causing problems in Mexico how they shouldn't pay any interest on the debt the country has with the United States. Um, and then he also ends up talking about successful Mexican boxers. So this was quite a classic and you know really wonderful um, tangent from Mr. Bill Watts. And I've missed him on the last few shows where he's, he's not been around. Um, so yeah, Sean was tagged in and he hit a nice, uh, nice head scissors on Chavo, um, which is coming up. I'm a little bit ahead of myself here in the notes. It's actually... Um, I think Hector is in there with Tim Horner. He's just done a... Uh, he's, they're just locking up again. So Sean's not quite in. So I've got ahead of myself there. So hashtag spoiler alert. Sean Michaels will be in with a head scissors momentarily. So Horner's got a headlock on... Um, on Hector there and um, he's just suplexed out of it really nicely and Chavo's tagged in um, he's flipped him over again and Horner's in the corner and he's now been taken down with a with a head scissors move from, from Chavo there but then, then Horner fires back with his own crikey this is a real battle of the head scissors here so um Horner gets on and actually hits a, something of a hurricane rana on Hector there before Michael's in and here's the head scissors I talked about. So real head, head, head scissors party that the Young Bucks would be happy with there and a decent looking dropkick from Michael's before Hector is back in there. Arm drag, arm drag again from Michael's um, and I, th yeah, and there, 
he's tagged out again and Charvo's back in. This is the, this is more offensive moves than Michael's got in some of his earlier outs. And I think there was one, but maybe his debut or his second match where he only got, I think, two offensive moves in the whole time. So Michael's is thrown up against the ropes and hit with a big knee. So anyone following at home, this is 14, 30, 31, 32, 33 on the counter on the WWE Network. So Hector's in there with Michael's at the moment and, and Michael's is looking in a bit of trouble here. Big leg drop on Michael's over his chest and Chavo is back in. This is some good action from the from these guys. Um, I always think that the, the Guerreros look really good on offense. Um, and Michael's is caught there by Chavo and hit with an incredible looking overhead belly to back suplex. Um, Hector's tagged back in and this looks like it's the end is near for Mr. Michaels. Great snap suplex. Um, tag back out again. Constant fast tags from these two. And Hector is getting Michaels in his sort of hold where and then Charvo hit him with a sent on. And that is going to be the one, two, three. And another very impressive win for the Alamo Busters there. So yeah, I thought this was this was good. This was definitely worth a worth a watch. Um we don't you t- don't tend to do the mid south rating system on the on the shorter television shows, but this was this you know this was good fun with these guys, and I think that the Guerreros have looked really good in everything they did. They're just showing a an inset replay of the senton on Michaels there for the for the victory. Um, that must that must in, in terms of hurting that the, the um, Chava the uh, Hector at the bottom there holding Michaels. You think that the force coming up the top rope of senton, he's underneath Michaels. That must hurt him, but he doesn't seem to sell that. So that's uh, that's an interesting one in terms of sort of be- uh, belie- uh, suspense of disbelief, if you like. There. So back from break, Nature Boy Buddy Landell is in there. He's with Skandar Akbar as usual, and he'll be challenging for the Mid South television championship which is a medallion taylor's looking great in his red kind of letterman jacket i think it is i'm sure one of our american listeners will be able to help me out a little bit with that um he doesn't smell his clothes this week so i'm presuming they're nicely laundered um landell and akbar are having a discussion about what what's going on here and what maybe some tactics for this big match for landell as the crowd is chanting terry 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 here um, boyd confirmed this match had a 15 minute time limit um what said that landell had sunglasses on which was quite a contrast to the awful weather they were experiencing that day in shreveport as i mentioned earlier on what's also put over how great the fans were coming to their christmas shows in snowstorms he said that Taylor and Landell had been requested by more people in the dream match contest than any other. So this is this is obviously quite a sought-after match from the fans in the Mid-South area as Landell goes to work on Taylor in the corner and Taylor blocks an attempt at a hip toss. And I'm just going to have another sip of my alcoholic beverage so just to kind of water those vocal cords before we move forward with this match. So Landell goes for a little side roll up there to try and get out of his side headlock that Taylor's applying. Taylor is in an absolute... Taylor's hair, actually, I've never really sort of super noticed this before, but he has quite the mullet himself. He's almost got the old school curtains that were a big, you know, a big fashion statement here in the UK in uh, probably the mid-90s, I suppose, they were a thing. And also um, famously worn by at least one or two members of the Backstreet Boys. I think the, I think Nick Carter had certainly a curtain. So that sort of look on top, but then all party at the back, Taylor. So that, that long hair. And again, I wonder if he is a, a self-dyer of his hair or whether he goes to a salon for his, uh, for his hair treatment. So Landell is begging off here. Taylor's looking in great condition here. Obviously, he's not been on quite on the Christmas tubs as much as I have. Um, I've polished off probably more chocolate in 
in the last three weeks than I had done at any point in the last three years. And I feel quite ashamed of myself, actually. But I'm looking forward to having some more Quality Street um, this evening. I don't know if Quality Street are a thing in the States. Our, quality, our, our staple chocolates at Christmas are Quality Street and also roses. So they're boxes of chocolates, obviously different types of chocolates. Um, well, not obviously, that's, you know, perhaps you wouldn't know that. Um, but that is the staple chocolate diet of United Kingdom at Christmas. So in ring, Landell has Taylor in an arm lock here. And, and Taylor is fighting back to his feet and hits a big chop on Landell and he's great selling this. Back into the side headlock and Taylor is, is shoved head first into the top turnbuckle and Taylor does a really good job selling that, making it look like it's an absolutely devastating move. Landell with a couple of stomps to Taylor's face and he's also he's also saying insulting him as well. Perhaps saying, "Oh my my hair my hairdresser is better than yours. Look how good my hair looks. I, you can't even see my roots, which your roots are sticking out, and you clearly need them done." Landell's also giving some stick to some ringsiders here as well. And Iceman King Parsons has come down to ringside, and he's leveled things up. So Iceman's out there, and Scandal's out out there. So presumably Iceman is there to make sure that. Akbar doesn't interfere in this. So, um, yeah, good on him, Iceman. Well done. He's come back to the promotion. And he's helping out his friends. What said on commentary that Taylor had brought a lot of ladies to ringside who brought roses and added that Taylor was single and he was fond of the ladies and he quite likes pro wrestling too. Actually, I'm using a bit of poetic license there. He said likes pro wrestling too. You'd hope he likes wrestling as he's, he's a professional wrestler. I mean, it's probably... A, you know, hard life, but pretty good life, I imagine, for these guys back then. Um, there's some good action in ring here, and Landell has got Taylor down and is smothering him. He goes for a pin again, but Taylor kicks out on two, and Taylor's selling job is, is looking pretty good in this one as well. So Landell picks Taylor back up to his feet, big boot into the midsection here, uh, and he flips him over with a snap mirror again, and we settle into a headlock. So, yeah, I hope everyone that's listening had a, had a really good... Um, really good Christmas and New Year's in the circumstance obviously I know that this was they've been really really different for people around the world here in uh, here in the UK um, where Dan, you know, Dan who you listen to um, a lot the hardest working man in podcasting uh, and also my friends Mark and Stuart they are um, we were all in a kind of tier system where by you, you couldn't mix in households so obviously it was quite a quite a difficult one in terms of that so no normal Christmases for us but yeah I hope everyone out there stayed safe and that ultimately listening to this podcast hasn't ruined the start of your 2021 with me rambling away solo as Buddy Landell strikes and Taylor hits back with a really good looking right hand punch there so um, good good shot to the gut from Taylor and his punches look really really good here and he, he is firmly on the offence as he slams Landell's head into the turnbuckle now Skando Akbar is up on the apron he's looking to interfere but the referee pushes him down now little crossover in the ring oh what's going on here so 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 uh Taylor skips over um Landell and the referee drops down and Landell goes over him there's a trip from Akbar on the outside um and it took ages but Landell actually kicked out then so um yeah I this was this was a bit of bizarre action so Akbar tripped Taylor and Landell hit the big elbow drop, but Taylor survived. Um, and they redid it then. Uh, but this time, Parsons tripped Taylor. So, sorry, Parsons tripped Landell, and Taylor pinned him um, off a trip in five minutes and 15 seconds. It's just, just a trip here. I, I thought they could have had Taylor ha you know, hit him with something to make this more of a finish. And Taylor is your new 
Mid-South Television Champion. So we've got a new, this is, you know, super newsworthy. We've got a new television champion. Taylor has regained the medallion that he lost in controversial circumstance to Adrian Street a few months back. And Skando Akbar is not very happy about this. Not very, I'll tell you what something I'm not very happy about. People setting fireworks off outside my window on New Year's Day. Come on, it's New Year's Day. Give it up. Why have you got fireworks in your back garden? Who likes fireworks? Animals hate them. I don't like them. Complete waste of time. Literally setting money on fire. Now, a quick pause for uh, a little bit of a loosening of the vocal cords as Hacksaw Jim Duggan's in the ring. So... On the key says Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death here. So we've got Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death up against Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Private Terry Daniels here. And Terry Daniels is in his full military gear, as is the norm. And for anyone watching along at home, if you've not given up yet, we're at 22.56 on the timer on the, they always call it the award-winning WWE Network, but I can't tell you what awards this network has won. If, can anyone, can, does anyone know what awards the WWE Network's one. Perhaps I'll have a look at what that what that is while this uh, while this match starts. So Hacksaw and and Doctor Death are well, actually, I should say Hacksaw and doing a bit of a bit of jaw jacking here to start off with. Um, that's something you have to be a bit careful when you say. So WWE Network Awards. So what what awards has the WWE Network? So WWE has announced that the WWE Network was named the Platform of the Year at the prestigious Sports Pro OTT Awards Digital Ceremony. Wow, I mean, the Sports Pro OTT Awards Digital Ceremony is definitely the one that anyone in media wants, without doubt, without question. So congratulations on that. We've got Private Terry Daniels in the ring, starting with Dr. Death Steve Williams. Steve Williams is in a red singlet here and looking particularly good. Terry Daniels, now, you know, I don't want to be super critical on this show because um, clearly I have never had... A wrestling match in my, the sum total of my in-ring career was 45 seconds having a photo taken with Tatonka at Fairfield Halls in 1999. But Terry doesn't strike me as someone who's particularly dynamic. I think the first time I saw him, he sort of reminded me of a, a, a maybe a again I don't want to be unkind this is you know this is a new year's show but perhaps a slightly less capable Bob Backlund um, as in the ring here Dr. Death sort of beats him down and he sort of awkwardly bounces across the ropes and is taken down with a with a back elbow. I'm looking forward to speaking to um, to Phil and Terry at some point in the near future and getting their their thoughts on on Mr. Private, Ter Private Terry Daniels because I, I, I'm just not really getting it at the moment as um, as Ted DiBiase gets in with, with his now infamous glove on and he's laying really good looking forearms to Terry Daniels in the corner. Ted DiBiase is just so, so smooth. Everything he does is fantastic. Um, just it's such a such a pleasure, really, to be watching this guy at this stage of his of his career. Um, you can see actually on a, on a wide shot here. This is one of the probably one of the wider shots we've ever seen of the um, Irish McNeil Boys Club, and you can kind of see the the sort of top deck there, and that is that is actually quite empty. I, I've never noticed that before, and I think most of the time they ha they have that you know, pretty full in terms of, um, it's just sort of one continuous part of the crowd. So I, I'm guessing here actually that this. Um, this inclement weather that Bill Watts talks about really did have an impact on um, attendance at this show. In ring, um, Duggan is blocking DiBiase's attempt to slam into the turnbuckle. He fights back with a big elbow to the gut and DiBiase's selling is, is so, so good again. Um, and DiBiase is in a bad part of town there in, a, in, in uh, the babyface team's corner. 
I mean, Duggan just hit a clothesline, like a so-so clothesline, and Diviossi did an incredible bump with a big flip. Um, just, just phenomenal work from Mr. Diviossi there. And and Duggan is celebrating in ring, and uh, Mr. Williams is on the floor, looking not very pleased with himself as the crowd chant and cheer in the background. Um, yeah, this is this is really good. Um, on commentary, what said that they have an award for Duggan next week, um, which was voted for by all of the board of directors of the different promoters in the area. And next week, also, Brad Armstrong will defend the North American title against Steve Williams. So that's a really big match that's coming up next week. And I've been really impressed with, with uh, Mr. Armstrong so far since he uh, he won the title from Ernie Ladd. And I think he, um, he's been really, really good in all of the stuff that I've seen him in as well. Um, Watts also said that DiBiase had accused Duggan of having a glass jaw, which anyone who's been around him knows is not true. Um, so, yeah, in ring now, um, Duggan has got uh, Steve Williams in a hammerlock and he's tagging to Private Terry Daniels again and Terry Daniels is taken over with an elbow to the shoulder, an always devastating move in wrestling. Um, and then he's got him in, his, in the arm lock again, but... Williams fights back with you know a really really solid and good looking punch there followed by an elbow just you know no you know no holes in this guy's work whatsoever and he and he drops Daniels over the top rope which looked pretty devastating before tagging in uh, tagging in DiBiase again. Excuse me, and DiBiase throws Mr. Daniels against the ropes and hits him with a with a knee right to the stomach there, um, and he drops a you know really good looking stomach. I mean these guys. Again, I can't say it enough, but Williams and DiBiase just look so, so good, these two. Um, I've seen, I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've seen a fair amount of, um, well, that's probably overstating it. I've seen a decent amount of Williams stuff from all Japan. Certainly some, certainly all the five-star matches that he appeared in. Um, yeah, and this this guy was was really, really good. Um, so also, in ring there, very heelish move from DiBiase there. Duggan was running the rope. Sorry, uh, very heelish move from Duggan there. DiBiase was running the ropes and Duggan, need him right in the kidneys there unfortunately with the referee's back turned Williams did something to Terry Daniels there which I couldn't see and Daniels is down and DiBiase is fighting his way back up at the same time so this the referee is counting is this going to possibly be a 10 count here no DiBiase is making his way to the corner and in comes Williams and poor Terry Daniels cannot make his way across to Duggan um, but Duggan has had enough he's, he's gone in he doesn't care about the tag and he's a man on fire and he's firing great looking shots back and forth, left and right to to uh, Williams and DiBiase who are selling this so well. So right right to Williams and left to DiBiase, big noggin noggin and they slams their heads together and uh, Duggan is a man on fire here. The referee's remonstrating with him but and then behind the referee's back, DiBiase is loading the leather glove and poor Terry Daniels is hurled into him by Williams and he's KO'd and that is the one, two, three. So Williams picked up the pin in 5.20 of some really good action here. I mean, Duggan, uh, you know, Duggan is um, is an exciting worker, but perhaps not the most polished, but obviously clearly a really over character in, in, uh, in Mid-South and was later in the World Wrestling Federation. But DiBiase and Williams are just a, just a completely next level. So um, next up, we've got a match that I, I personally am looking forward to seeing again because I've already watched this show once, but um, I'm watching it again for your, for your delight or whatever the opposite of delight is here in the new year so Jim Ross here um, very solid side parting for Mr Ross here I think he was 33 Ross here just goes to show how long he's been because uh, he'd been around in Mid-South for, for, for a number of years there so 
you know, seen so much, been around so many characters. He's in ring announcing Hercules. Um, and there we see Brad Armstrong with the beautiful Mid-South North American title. I mean, Brad, Brad Armstrong is so Kenny Omega-like. It's just blowing my mind. Perhaps perhaps it's just the hair. Perhaps if he didn't have the hair, his it's kind of short curly hair, it wouldn't be so much. But even his body, I mean, this guy's absolutely shredded. In fact, both of these guys have clearly not been on the, on the Mid-South Moments Christmas diet because they are looking shredded and this is good this is going to be a good one i'm looking forward to this so this is hercules versus brad armstrong um and, I, and i've just been really since since i've seen hercules in this promotion i mean i saw his work in in wf in the late 80s um you know via the pay-per-view tapes and he was still around when i've actually first started watching it at the time in 1990 along with um paul roman was involved in that famous angle at SummerSlam 90 where Shawn michaels was was injured um in that match and marty jetty worked the whole the whole concert i think uh, Michael was legit hurt with a knee injury around that time, but I never really thought too much about Hurt. He's just kind of you know another another you know classic '90s WWF sort of body guy, I suppose. But actually, um, the, him in this era, he looks so good, and I, I, do, I do wonder whether he's um, he's one that's been a you know a victim of the super hard schedule that these guys used to work in the '80s because. To keep to keep the, these guys' bodies as they are, I mean, we all know we we all know um, you know there might have been some special protein shake help back then, but that doesn't that doesn't mean these guys weren't training like you know absolute beasts and monsters and doing this you know six or seven days a week, and it does the travel, the bumps, it all does keep it does it does catch up with you. I mean, you look at you look at Hogan match them you know 84 85 and then you look at him in 91 92 and he's only he's younger than me he's like 36 37 there but he's he's shot and I, I really do think a lot of that is is it's less to do with age and ability to be you know athletic and a good wrestler in your late 30s and 40s and more to do with you know the but you know the number of bumps and the, and the hard life on the road um in ring um there was some great there's some great drop kicks in this match um you know, particularly uh, Armstrong is just you know just phenomenal. Uh, Hercules is hurling Armstrong into the corner, um, and and he attempts a body slam, but Armstrong reverses it. But Hercules then ends up hurling um, Armstrong with his own momentum into the top turnbuckle. So yeah, really really good stuff here. And this is this is a, this is a really solid solid match. Hercules is on the the middle rope, and he drives down a fist to the back of Armstrong's head and Armstrong sells that really really well and Hercules is looking particularly pleased with himself um big boot to Armstrong's face here and he picks him up by his by his curls and hits him he's looking to maybe a suplex here I think this is going to be yeah elevated British Bulldog style suplex where he keeps his opponent up in the air um for an extended period of time and he goes for an, a nonchalant pin here but armstrong slides out of the the back door there for only the two count with uh referee peewee anderson wearing a lovely pair of white shoes in there um but a little bit like my golf shoes that um recently split um that's a that's a little fact that you weren't expecting me to talk about my golf shoes that split on me during a particularly wet round leaving me with a particularly wet foot which was not something you you want during the month of December so back in ring Hercules goes for goes for a slam but Armstrong gets him with a small package for a great great near fall but Hercules punishes him with a couple of shots to the back for having the you know the courage to go for a little cheap victory there but I, I say cheap victory I do love a little small package or a roll up um, Hercules hurls Armstrong into the ropes but he makes the as Grilla Monsoon would always say a rookie mistake of putting his head down and Armstrong smashes him with a with a with a big kick 
to the face and he slams in punches to Hercules and knocks him down with a big right hand. So a little, another little drink there and we carry on and Armstrong drops to his knee and smashes Hercules in the gut with a big fist and Hercules is again running the ropes and there we see an attempt at a drop kick again from Armstrong there but Hercules is wise up to it. He's he's watched the tapes on Armstrong, he knows and he he holds onto the ropes and won't allow it and he drops him head neck first over the top rope. And now, now, the Shinomaki finishing move, the submission move, the million dollar dream as it was known in the future. Um, but Akbar, for some reason, is up on the ropes and Armstrong kicks off Akbar and then this slams Hercules back into the referee. The referee is down and Armstrong has Hercules covered. But in comes Akbar. Akbar is in the ring and he, he boots, he boots Armstrong in the back of the head, I believe, there. And, and Hercules has Armstrong up. And he's going for the slam. He's hit Armstrong with a big power slam. The referee is down, but he is stirring. Where is Iceman King Parsons? Or was that the earlier match? Was the earlier match? I'm getting confused. The referee is getting up now. And Hercules is head... Oh, no, here is Iceman King Parsons. He's back. And Hercules is on the top rope. And he's pushed him off. Iceman has pushed off. Hercules from the top rope and Armstrong is up and he's going for the pin but Akbar is not allowing this he's in the ring he hits the ropes Akbar wow and he hits the big elbow drop but he misses and he lands the elbow onto Hercules Akbar is out of there and Hercules is out of there and that is the disqualification victory for the North American champion Brad Armstrong as the fans celebrate in the background I would have been quite happy to see this um, this one go 10 minutes because I thought that for what this was, this was this was very very good stuff from these two. So um, yeah, really excellent. And Ice Manking Parsons is um, just checking on Armstrong. They're giving him a little, little bit of a lower back rub. I'm sure that area took a bit of punishment in that match. So that was that was good. Really really enjoyable. And next up we have Kamala versus David Diamond. David Diamond. And my money is not on this Diamond here for this next match. So um, as we uh, as we advertise that next match, we get the inset of uh, of all things. Akbar hitting the hitting the ropes and missing um, Armstrong with his elbow job. Back to Jim Ross and his lovely looking grey suit. And we introduce Mr. David Diamond. I think this is his debut in Mid-South. Certainly in the in the bits that I've been watching. I'm not sure whether he was around um, prior to that. Um, and Kamala is out with the always busy um, Skandar Akbar, who's been on this show a number of times. Um, and also Friday's here as well. Um, we see actually a really, a really, really lovely looking Christmas jumper in the background there. So while this was taped um, after Christmas, and perhaps you, you, know, you might say that it's a controversial decision to wear a Christmas jumper to a television taping post 25th of December I'm all for it so why not why not get a little bit more wear out of your Christmas jumpers rather than just you know the lead up to Christmas I think why not so David Diamond um, is is going to be in for a bit of a rough ride here I believe against um, Kamala who's really been you know pushed hard since he's back in uh, back in mid-south um, and on commentary here in a moment once this one gets started what says that Kamala um, was a really natural wrestler um, and he was vicious and he talks about the rivalry that he has with Reed and Kamala just goes straight to work here big backhand chop on Diamond and Diamond sells you know Diamond sells is pretty well actually bear hug from Kamala he slams him down tosses him down to the floor um, Kamala picks him back up throws him across the ropes and then he hits him with a double chop to the throat and then here we go Kamala hits one rope hits another one hits the same one again that's three jumps and a big splash hopefully his knees didn't slam into his back like he did with Parsons a couple of weeks ago and that is the victory for Kamala in a mere 34 seconds and I must say um 
I've I've struggled a little bit with the Kamala character and and some of his work action. I think perhaps the way that he wrestles might be just more down to the character than than, than perhaps a lack of ability sometimes. Um, you know the way that he uses the holds that you know the armpit grab that we sort of joked about on the, on the commentary. But I actually thought this was this was the best use of him that I've seen so far. Um, you know this is this is I think how. He should be being used. He just he like just destroyed this bloke in 34 seconds. Looked like a monster. Looked like a killer. So yeah, really good stuff from Kamala here. And, and before the, the the episode is over, we've got Jake the Snake Roberts versus Rocky King. So Roberts had been primarily working work working world class for the latter part of 1984. And he was making his return here. And obviously, we've just watched some classic Jake Roberts on this Tuesday in Texas. So please check the archives for that show with myself and uh, the hardest working man in podcasting, Mr. Dan Phillips. So Jake is is still in this period here of wearing his his kind of odd red-looking pyjama bottoms, um, which isn't a great look. But at the same time, he is laying in some really solid shots on um, Mr. Rocky King here. Um Boyd said that next week Duggan would be getting his award as talked about earlier in the show. Plus you've got Brad Armstrong versus Steve Williams for the Mid-South North American Championship which is something obviously to really, really look forward to. Um, uh, In ring, Roberts has got King up, big body slam there um, and he drops a really, really, really devastating looking knee right into the throat of Rocky and Rocky is writhing around in pain, really doing a great job of selling this Um, and Roberts before too long has King up big boot into the stomach and then the infamous oh no he's not not the infamous DDT he's actually going for a suplex first I thought he was going for a DDT but instead of the suplex he just drops Rocky King poor Rocky King right over the the middle rope there and that looked you know that looked particularly harsh on the on the abdominal area and here we go with Roberts the DDT and I tell you what King took that really well just crumpled down and that is the one two three from Roberts I suspect we'll be seeing a lot more of this man um, in the in months to come. Um, Roberts just again really good use of him, really good use of Kamala, um, and that is that is pretty much it now. As we go to forty minutes, we're back to the desk, and um, Watts and uh, Boyd are talking about what is coming up next week. And I actually thought this, while this podcast may not have flown by for all of the all of the listeners, um, I thought this episode of the television really did fly, fly by. Lots of decent in-ring action. Um, there's obviously the title change with Terry Taylor regaining the TV medallion. Plus, big news coming out of the Christmas shows, the Midnight with the Rock and Roll Express regaining the uh, Mid-South Tag Team Championships. So, I thought this was really good. This was certainly an uptick in um, quality from the, the Christmas shows, which felt you know particularly filler um heavy while you know they were waiting for the big Christmas run shows to, to happen and um, you know the newsworthy stuff to come out of those so yeah I thought this was this was really really good so I w- would highly recommend checking this episode out if you've not done so already um, and I can assure you that next week we will definitely have with us back a, um, a guest host and I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com, 
forward slash people forward slash mid south moments. <laughs>